All right, welcome back, friends, family, everybody else. Uh, thanks for joining us. Today is going to be essentially our first specialized episode. We're going to be uh, talking all about fights. We're not going to we're not going to change subjects a lot. Um, mostly, we're going to be looking at UFC fights, <clears throat> analyzing, going over the matchups in uh, 232 that went down. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit of uh, news about what's going on next, uh, what the next UFC events are going to be, and our, our takes on that, uh, stuff that we're pretty excited about. So um, if fights are not your deal, turn it off. I don't give a fuck. Matt doesn't either. He doesn't even, he doesn't even check the ratings. He just shows up. I call him, or he calls me, and we do one of these. So, anyway, thanks for joining us today. It's great to see you all. As if I could fucking see you. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Shut up. Big castle, I sue castle. That's come shabu. Let the party begin. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you now. I broke my back. Look, fucking bone. You know, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I'm really going to miss you guys when the show's over. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome, everyone, uh, to today's fight talk episode. What are you drinking there, Matt? It's a protein drink. Gross. It's called uh, Isopure. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, we used to get those from uh, from Outlaw. You remember <laughs> Outlaw? That was the first time I ever had yeah. one. Was from there. Yeah, yeah. I got the. Uh, we used to get the uh, Inno Inno explodes from there, and. Mm-hmm. I uh, never liked Inno explode though. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was like the first pre-workout thing i ever i ever took it was those uh those pre-packaged ones not the not the powdered one was that you know explode or yeah. was that you know something else because i remember there, there was, was there were so many no i know i know there, there was so. the same company it was a bsn one it was uh there was the you explode and then there was the there was um the, there the one biomass? that biomass no 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 it, it, it had like a similar name but the one that was powdered had like a it was like no explosion or something like that. I was like basically the same thing. Yeah, that stuff. I never liked any of the caffeine heavy pre workouts. They got me like yeah. too. They took me over the edge to the point where like I didn't even want to work out. I uh, I never like. I mean, I I tried them for a little bit, but I just I I didn't. I don't like the feel of pre workouts. Like nowadays, I yeah. I don't I don't mess around with that anymore because. I don't like it. Like makes my skin warm and kind of tingly. It makes me feel like uncomfortable. Like yeah, like same here. 
Yeah, like I'm wearing a shirt that I didn't use fabric softener with when I dried it or something. Like. Well, plus, I think it kind of takes away your natural, like, you know, you should do a proper warm-up and right. do your joints naturally. And when you just take a pre-workout, that fucking takes you from zero to 60 in like a second. Right. That's probably not good in itself. Yeah, the only pre-workout that I fuck around with is coffee. There you go. It's terrible pre workout. I feel that when I go on my runs, I'll be like out running. I feel like the coffee in my in my chest. I'm like, mm, this is oh weird. coffee that that acid. I remember one time uh, we were training in uh, San Ynez, and it was the same day that um, I think it was the same day that we went to do that that uh, seminar with Wanderlei Silva. Uh huh. And um, I was super hungover, and you literally <laughs> had to come and get me out of bed. Yeah. Like, which is crazy. That just shows you what a different mind state I was in back then. Oh, dude. Now, if I was going to do a seminar with Wanderlei Silva, I would be like ready to go like right. way before, you know, you wouldn't even have to wake me up. But back then I was too hungover. I wouldn't have went <laughs> come and got me out of bed. And yeah. it was free. It, it was, was free. free. <laughs> it was free to go to a training session with Wanderlei Silva. We were just like, yeah, I, I remember. But that was like, that was pretty standard for that time period though. Oh, for sure. Uh, for yeah. training, it was like well, almost every day I was going scooping you out of bed, but. Yeah, I was, um, yeah. Well, and so what it ties back into though was, so I had coffee that morning and then uh, we went to go train after the seminar. And I remember I just fucking vomited this acid <laughs> fucking coffee all over the place. And I never drank coffee again after that. I've never been a coffee drinker. I always drink tea, but. Oh, I've, I've always been a coffee drinker and I probably always will be, you know. Never say never or anything, but coffee is like my first love. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I liked coffee because I really enjoy the smell of coffee. Mm-hmm. I love the the ambiance of a nice coffee shop. Right. You know, I love everything that goes with coffee. I've just never been a huge fan of the taste. Sure, sure, sure. But you you at least get to go in and have a tea, and you could still enjoy the smell and the, the yeah. atmosphere of a coffee shop. But anyway. We've been going off on supplements and caffeinated <laughs> drinks for the opening ten minutes of this, but uh, let's let's get to it. So we just had uh, UFC two thirty two, the the conclusion. Well, I mean, I'm calling it the conclusion of the uh, Gustafson Jones rivalry because it kind of just got a it, it got an exclamation point put on it at the end. Yeah. Um, I, I I felt like so so my my take on the fight was. Um, before the fight, just like watching the the weigh-in interaction and everything, like I, I got a genuine impression that um, unlike a lot of people, Gustin was legitimately not scared of Jones, and I like that. I like that going into the fight. He had this really good energy about him. He was just like, oh, "Yeah, come on, bro, <laughs> like yeah. let's do this." But um, in the fight, what really seemed to break him more than anything was just the fact that uh, Jones was just so effectively. Uh, staying out of his range he wasn't able to do anything and yeah. by, by like the the second later half of the second round where he actually started to find his range and get inside he was already too damaged like his legs were too beat up and he couldn't he couldn't keep the he couldn't keep the power yeah he um jones never gave gustafson a chance to get his rhythm like right. you could really tell with that second fight that jones implemented his game plan much more effectively like mm-hmm. he knew exactly what to expect from gustafson and he did a great job of not letting him do it and if right. you really you know like hindsight's twenty twenty, but if you really look back on it in retrospect when you watch that first fight 
I think a big element of uh, why Gustafson was able to do what he did was the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody what? really knew a ton about Gustafson going into that fight. And Jones supposedly was undertrained and he wasn't taking it seriously. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh- I, I would still I would also say like going along with that element of surprise thing, I think one of the big surprises in that fight was uh Gustafson's ability to uh to defend and utilize the takedown. Like nobody's been able to do that with Jones and no one's been able to do that since with him either. Still, like, I would still argue that even even in going into the uh even in the second fight, even though Jones landed that, that deep takedown at the end and mm-hmm. Jones and Pounded and well, his his legs were gone by the time he yeah exactly that was like the big but, thing. Uh, but prior to that, he defended like two or three takedowns yeah, solidly, completely yeah. solidly. Yeah, yeah. For for a guy without a, a wrestling background, Gustafson has like some of the best wrestling. I would compare yeah. it. This might sound far fetched, but I would even compare it to like GSP level right. for a guy who didn't wrestle prior. Right, right, exactly. He competed, he competed yeah. with with uh, Cormier in grappling. He competed mm-hmm. with Jones in grappling. Like really top notch dudes. Well, yeah, that that's that's the uh, that's what I was gonna say. Is like it doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't have the same uh, the same visceral aesthetic that the GSP wrestling has because GSP's wrestling is so just explosive and dynamic. But it, it's almost he almost uh, he almost moves more like in a Greco Roman style, like where For it's sure. not it's as much ducking in and like swimming in with those those explosive power shots yeah he stands way more upright and he's got he, mm-hmm. he utilizes those underhooks really good right up. just so effective like his wrestling is really really like top level for especially for a guy who has no no wrestling background really like you said it's the people he's competed with that show it the fact that he's able to to not get dominated or controlled and even even wrestle back effectively against these guys who just dominate people with their wrestling he might be the best white european wrestler on the planet i was gonna say i'm really really impressed to see like a swedish guy go out there at the top level of fighting don't see that too often it's no no i mean uh the next one we got is uh is latifi and like you know no offense but there's there's not much going on there latifi is not like you know he's not an amazing fighter, but he's just built yeah. like a truck. Like Latifi, Latifi could be good, a, a decent wrestler without ever having trained wrestling, just based purely on his build and his strength. Right, right. But he was an Olympic wrestler, or he was on the Olympic team. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's, Latifi is a good fighter. He doesn't get the credit that he, he deserves because he, he just doesn't have, um, he doesn't have like that championship level success rate but he no. he's a solid fighter he's definitely dangerous and he and he can be pretty exciting but if pro- into that same category i feel like there's a lot of light heavyweights right now that are kind of at that latifi level sure you know what i'm saying like gatekeeper level where it's yeah like, like Corey anderson yeah. uh, latifi uh well uh, you know Dan Vellante, ovin st prude there's a lot of these dudes who really just have these They've all kind of been in this merry-go-round where they mm-hmm. fought and beat each other, but they haven't been able to stack together. Yeah, enough really wins to go to the next category, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's you know that that's a it's a good segue because that that Latifi Corey Anderson fight. Um, I couldn't help thinking, you know, again, nothing really against uh, Corey Anderson, but I feel like his nickname overtime is because he can't finish a fucking fight. <laughs> 
I uh, I definitely don't get particularly excited for a Corey Anderson fight. He's not a bad fighter. He's just not. No, he's not, he's not he's, that he's, fun to watch. <laughs> he's done a good job of uh, progressively getting better every mm-hmm. time he fights, I feel like. Sure. Just, yeah, he just doesn't have that it factor in any right. one place, I guess. No, it's he's kind of, uh, I don't know, as far as like, not a lot of rewatch quality in his fights. No. Like, yeah. Um, no, definitely not. So, yeah, that, that Latifi-Anderson fight, there was definitely some good moments in it. There was some exciting, uh, some exciting times, but I feel like Anderson was just uh, – Anderson won the fight off being just more steady and stable and scoring points throughout the fight. Latifi had more, the more exciting exchanges. Like, the, the moments that Latifi was, was – um, was winning in that fight were they were they were the the more interesting parts of the fight in my opinion yeah he just wasn't as consistent Mm-mm. it could have I, I remember feeling like i wasn't paying it to be totally honest i wasn't paying attention, mm-hmm. attention to that fight super closely i do remember feeling like when it was over you know anderson probably edged it out but it was pretty close it, it could have like, gone either way it, it, it was close enough that it, it could have gone either way it wasn't like super one-sided no but I definitely think uh, I don't think it was a wrong decision. I think nah. I think Anderson was just uh, more the more consistent fighter. Um, so how about that fucking Volkanov, dude? Yeah, dude, that guy. <laughs> that guy's gonna be a problem for everybody. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, incredible, right? He, he's like uh, he the way he throws his punches. It's he's like a like a like a super powered male Amanda Nunes. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like he, the, the type of windup and the type of looping on his, on his heavy shots, but he also has the, he also has sharp inside straight shots. His, his jabs yep. are just clean. Pop, pop, pop. His, yep. Very clean boxing. Yep. That yeah. was a really, that was a really interesting fight. Uh, beautiful movement from both the guys. Just really, really clean head movement, a lot of good footwork. And then it just, I, I feel like, I don't. I don't feel like Mendez gassed out. I feel like he just um, he got into more of like a like a outside movement style and a lot of a uh, lot of explosive jumping in, and he was just eating too many shots, like little shots that were stacking up. I, I feel like Mendez is probably too. They said that he uh, he was going to planning on retiring after that fight, regardless of the outcome. Really? Oh. Yeah, and he did hmm. officially retire after the fight. Um, okay. But with Mendez, even though, look, Mendez, he's in kind of a tough spot because he's, he's one of those guys, he's, he's kind of like a, um, kind of in the same position that like a Kenny Florian or like a, you know, one of these guys who's really, really top level, but probably it's going to be tough for them to make their way back to the title and be in that position again. Mendez ain't getting to the title at this point. Like, yeah, and it's, it's, and it's, it's not, tough because... He, he could continue fight. He can clearly still be competitive with the top guys. And he could probably, if Mendez chose to continue fighting, he could probably string together another few wins and be mm-hmm. successful. But it's kind of like at this point, it, a, a, I feel like for some of these guys, once they get to the point where they don't have the, especially for a guy like Mendez who has fought for the title on a couple occasions against yeah. the biggest names in the division. Well, yeah, at the prime of A lot of that thrill. That, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that thrill is probably gone for him. It's probably like, why am I going to keep doing this for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, why am I? Why am I going to? Why am I going to do this at a lower level? Right, and he had, 
Yeah, and he had big fights. You know, he had big paydays. He fought McGregor. He fought <clears throat> Aldo a couple times. Yeah. He's probably financially pretty well off, and he could probably do other stuff if he wants to. So, Well, he's he's definitely uh, – he's left his mark on, on the sport for sure. He's, he's you know, maybe not – maybe, like, he's not, like, one of the best of all time or anything, but he's he's definitely one of those names people are going to remember for a long time after his career is over. He's yeah. the thing. The only thing that throws me off is like he's pretty young. Like he's he's, not, he's uh I'm gonna look him. He's thirty three. Yeah, like that's thirty three is uh. It is. You you still got years of of uh of prime years ahead of you. Uh, I, I agree, but to counter that, he has been in some fucking. War. Yeah, he fucking has. Well, I mean, but he looked he looked fresh in this fight. I didn't think he looked like he no. Was, he did uh, look good, and he yeah, had like, like, well, fuck, he had like he got that suspension, so he had like two years yeah. off before this fight. Uh, towards the end of the fight, when he uh, like before he got before it got turned around on him, he he had uh, he had Volkanov like out, man. Like he had him almost yeah. dropped. He was like pounding him on the ground, like he he was just as close to winning that fight as he as it was to him losing it. Uh, he, yeah, he um, it, that was a back and forth. That was a very entertaining fight. It was a really good matchup, really close matchup. Um, yeah. I guess I guess you could say the difference. Like, uh, you can see that that lack of motivation you were talking about because, um, where he got finished and he kind of just crumpled down. Um, that wasn't so much extremely more devastating than what he had done to Volkanov already. So, you know, but Volkanov came back. Right. And and Mendez was out. So you can kind of see that like that, that may, may have just been the difference there. (coughs) Motivation to really win, keep going, keep building. Right. Um, What I want to talk about is Amanda Nunes and Chris Cyborg. For me, that was the fight of the night. I was actually more excited for that fight <laughs> going into this than I was Jones versus Gifferson. Um legitimately. I was excited to see what happened. And especially we, we talked about this fight before. You know, I yeah. like we've talked about this fight not even knowing necessarily that it was gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh man, uh Amanda Nunes, that is my official new favorite lesbian. She just <laughs> <laughs> Now wait a minute, she's Did a I? killer, man. I I I cause I can't remember correctly if I said this on the podcast or not. But if I didn't say it on the podcast, I, I know for sure I've said this in private to people. I had a feeling for a very long time that Nunez was going to be the one to knock off Cyborg. We both said that. We both. Yeah. We, like, okay. That's what I thought. Way that's back in the I podcast, we, we first talked about this and somebody, somebody, I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was Nick. Um, he was saying that he had Cyborg and I was just like, I don't know, man. I think, I think Nunez has the Nunes, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> I think she's got the uh I think she's got the secret sauce. I I think she's got like the right formula to to beat Cyborg. And yeah. we kind of broke it down almost exactly how it happened in the fight about how Cyborg is is more physically imposing and stronger uh pressure forward, but Nunes has the the pop, the speed, the agility and the right. actual damage in her in her hands that she could do. Yeah, she you know, she, um, going into that fight, I was talking to my buddy and he was saying, um, he's like, yeah, dude, I just don't think Nunez, she's just going to get overpowered by Cyborg and she doesn't stand a chance. And I was like, out of all the fights on the card, this was the one I was like, dude, I'm telling you, 
this will be the ups, one of the biggest upsets ever. Noons is going to crush her. Yeah. I just I fucking knew it because uh, she's just better. She's just yeah. a better version of Cyborg. She's just a better. Way. She's just like, uh, it. it's one of those things, like it sounds sexist to say, but legitimately just like by like observation, she hits like a guy. She throws punches like, like a fucking man. And you just don't see even the most physical women who fight they don't have that like masculine type of like swing on their that arc yeah. on their punches it it there's a different way that women move and men move well and look at, look at like, look at noon's shoulders <laughs> how wide her shoulders are mm-hmm. and she even has she's, the she has the build to yeah. throw hard punches i mean she, she looks she, like she could throw a hard yeah. punch. she swings like fucking oars on a boat she's what yeah <laughs> like, yeah and she, uh, and she, um, you know what sold it for me when I knew as soon as I watched Cyborg fight Holly Holm, even though that was a good fight and it was back and forth, that was the moment when I knew for sure that Nunes was going to take out Cyborg. Right. Um, because even though Cyborg won that fight against Holm, she still showed a lot of vulnerabilities in that fight that had not been exposed before. And that was the first time you really got to see Cyborg because a lot of so many top level fighters were afraid of fighting her that she couldn't get big fights. So her versus Holm was the first time you really got to see Cyborg against like another really really top tier fighter. I'm sure there's others that you could argue, but for me that was the first time since she came to the UFC where you really got to see Cyborg versus a UFC caliber fighter and it went the distance. Right. And um I I, I as as long as I've I've seen Cyborg fight, even from her early career to right now, and she's improved so much, but I've always just kind of seen vulnerabilities. Like I've I've always yeah. felt like she had uh, she had holes in her game. She was just too overwhelming with her strengths for anybody to really capitalize on those. Like even uh, Gina Carano when she fought her way back in the day, Gina Carano was tagging her up and landing on she her. Was, she yeah. just wasn't able to she physically. Was, she yeah. couldn't come. Yeah she wasn't able to make that count for anything because this gorilla just grabbed her and smashed her <laughs> at the right. end of it, you know? Right. Um, so that was a great fight. Really, really exciting. <laughs> and also, um, I, I actually, more than anything, I was surprised, um, with Cyborg, uh, starting off the fight with those, those jabs, those, uh, those one twos that she was landing and, and pushing Noons back with. Mm-hmm. She was, uh, she was actually, looking like the more efficient striker for the start. But no, right. it was too devastating with, with her, with the power in her hands. Uh, in the end, like it, it, it almost like was a role reversal for Cyborg. She was overwhelmed with the power somebody else had. For sure. And she's, you could tell that was, a, was obviously a big shock to her. Sure, yeah. <laughs> having that happen. Really, really gracious in defeat, though. She seemed like she was yeah. really, really cool about that. Shoot. Sure. Dude, could you not tell Dana White? He was, like, no. about to cry, dude. He was, well, <laughs> no, he no, no. Like... But, 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 but I'm telling you, he was happy. That, That's what that, I mean. Like, yeah. He was so fucking tears of joy. Yeah. He like was he, so happy. He was sta- Cyborg was her contract was coming up, and she was publicly talking about how she was, that was probably going to be her last fight with UFC. So Dana White was probably like, yes. And as like, soon oh as he God. started asking him about an immediate rematch and all this, like, I don't know about that. You know, I don't, I don't think so. He does not <laughs> want a chance to get that one back. So no, no, it's all good. We're, we're, we're set here. No, yeah, he was standing behind her. I was like, 
everyone's crying. <laughs> Nunes, yeah. Nunes is crying. Dana White's behind her crying. I think well, Joe Rogan's going to go up there and start crying. Well, that's like, fuck, though. They should, it's about time, like, hopefully this gives the UFC the incentive to finally, like, try to push this chick, you know, because it's like, it's like the UFC has an archetype that they like to push, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They like the the classic kind of blonde-haired, blue-eyed-looking type, it seems like. Because if all their biggest stars, McGregor, Rousey, they tried to do it with Northcutt, but he didn't that didn't pan out. It's a very I think you're 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 stepping into some dangerous waters here with these uh, Aryan accusations. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's fucking true. Oh man. They, you know what? To be fair though, they tried Dana, to give John Dana Jones Dana a monster <laughs> push and he's just such a fuck up that he couldn't fucking keep it together long enough for them yeah. to push him. And who knows like Jones all right. To get back to Jones, sure. he might Let's get back be, to Jones. Who, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Brendan Schaub who the other day I was listening to him, and he said he was like, John Jones is a sociopath. And I was like, <laughs> he might be. I mean, is there anybody more like – John Jones is so inherently dislikable. He's very hard to like. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't like him either, and I've tried to be like – I've tried to be subjective about it. Or, I mean, objective about it, but I just – there's something about him. I just don't fucking like. As a fighter, as a fighter, yeah. I love him. Probably, I, I would, I would, a hundred percent agree. He's the best, most talented fighter ever, mm-hmm. easily. But as soon as he opens his mouth, he just there's something that comes off as insincere, right? Cocky. Well, I've yeah. always said, I've always said, like since before he even had the title or anything, um, that he's he's fake humble, like. Yeah, he would talk and be like, oh, "All glory to God," and blah, blah blah, and all this fucking shit. And it was like, it just wasn't, um, like you said, it's insincere. There's something really just like I'm, I'm playing this out. You know, he seems like the type of dude who, when the camera is rolling, he'll say, "All glory be to God," but when he's at home, he's like watching videos of his fights, and his wife is in the background making dinner. He's like, "Hey, baby, look at this. Look at me beat this motherfucker's ass right here." <laughs> <laughs> and his wife is like, "Don't leave me alone. Fuck." Yeah. He's, well, Why did I make? Well, I just, got, well, I, I did, I, that did not sound like John Jones right there. I, <laughs> just, I made, hey baby, look! I made him sound like Marvin Gaye. <laughs> hey baby, watch me beat this ass. Not Marvin Gaye. Like uh, he was like Barry White. <laughs> Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> hey baby. If John Jones would be far more likable if he had the voice of Barry White, that'd be pretty cool. He's all skinny like he is, but he just sounds like Barry White. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. 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 I'm like, meanwhile, you know, all glory be to God. Meanwhile, he's like popping dick pills and doing blow off hookers. <laughs> the other day, I saw a list uh, where they tallied all the things that he's gotten in trouble for. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was like six years. pages long. <laughs> uh, no, but there was like, I think there was somewhere in the neighborhood of like ten incidents uh, where you know he got in trouble for shit. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I'm of the opinion that Jones has for certain damaged his reputation uh, beyond the point of repair. I do believe that. I honestly, I would like him more if he just, uh, if he just like embraced the fact that he's a lunatic. If he he went out there and he he was just like, after this fight, I'm going to be doing a bunch of cocaine at the club. (laughs) Yeah, I would like it. I agree. I would like it if he went full lunatic. He has gone semi-lunatic. Because he did flat out say one of the reason why uh, Brendan Schaub called him a sociopath because Brendan Schaub was like, "Look, you beat this guy. You beat DC twice already. You've already beat Cormier twice." And on uh, Twitter, John Jones told Cormier, 
that he could slap his wife's ass and DC couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> and it's like, what's next? Like, what are you going to say next? You're going to steal your his children and become their daddy and <laughs> do about it? Like, how far do you take There's it? nothing you can do about it. Um, make, make, your, make your children call me dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, man. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, so he's he's definitely a lunatic. Um, let me see. So I was looking up uh, the fights that are coming up. Um, one of the later ones. It's not it's not the next event, but a couple from now. We got Ngannou. In, uh, in February, we got Ngannou versus Velasquez. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, Dude, right? That's a fucking... Whew. Well, Velasquez hasn't fought in two and a half years. No, and that is a dangerous. I, I that's think a, that's a that's a dangerous welcome back. But yeah, it is. It's it's dangerous both ways because you could you, you know you one could argue that uh, obviously the Stipe fight and Ganu's weakness is wrestling and um, mm-hmm. he had some troubles with that and there's you know you're not going to find a better heavyweight wrestler than Velasquez, right? Um, and and a and a sharper boxer like not, yeah, we're yeah. not talking about like a guy who hits as hard as Ngannou. We're talking about a guy who's going to be inside of Ngannou. Yeah, shots. technically a good yeah. boxer. He's going to be faster than him. On the flip and... side, when I think of this fight, I do have flashbacks to Velasquez versus Josanto first time. Yeah, where I'm he just fought. hit him. Where he just hit him with yeah. a baseball bat and knocked his head through his yeah. ass, like and, yeah. and uh, if you think of Velasquez versus uh, <clears throat> versus uh, Fabricio Verdum in Mexico, where uh, Verdum pieced him up when uh, Velasquez gassed out, do you remember that one? It was like probably about three. Uh, it was probably, the second, second to last one. This was this was uh, prior to Velasquez fighting Travis Brown. Right. Yeah, uh, his last one was Brown. His last I don't think, one I, don't think I saw that one. That you know was a, I just I just looked at my my laptop screen my my little uh you know information set here and yeah I got a that it literally the only thing on the screen it just says Fabrizio Verdum versus Cain Velasquez you have he he pieced uh, him up it was it's weird that's a weird fight because it's almost like kind of a forgotten fight that was from 2015 and uh, yeah, Fabrizio Verdum beat him with a guillotine choke. But before beating him with the guillotine choke, yeah. But before the guillotine choke, Fabricio Verdum was was teeing off on him, and Velasquez gasped. That was when they were in altitude in Mexico City. Yeah, um, that's weird because like uh, Velasquez's whole deal is uh, cardio. His cardio, yeah. Know, like... People people were really shocked by it, but I guess uh, what the prevailing rumor was was that Velasquez didn't go Fabricio Verdun did a long training camp in Mexico mm-hmm. City and prepared there and Velasquez did not okay um so um and, and they, just to put this into perspective for people that aren't aware altitude will fuck you up here's <laughs> yeah. an example when we were in we went to Mammoth uh Lake Mammoth last week mm-hmm. and I have this little workout routine that I do mm-hmm. and uh, I did it while I was there and typically when I do this workout routine it'll take me somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 26, 25 to 26 minutes. This was my first time working out in altitude. It took me 15 minutes longer. 15? Like that's 15 minutes longer. Yeah. That's significant. I mean, if you're yeah. in a fight, that's fucking, and it, and it wasn't like a psychological well, that's, thing. That's I mean, a, I that's could. A, that's a whole <laughs> <I> could, fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't a psychological thing. I just could not tap <clears throat> in between sets mm. of each movement. It was, it was, noticeably different 
Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like just the the simple facts about training at altitude is just the, the air is thinner. There's less oxygen to saturate. Right. There's no, there's no two ways about that. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, th I think a lot of people though, when, you know, when you get a lot of the, the, um, what do you call it? A lot of the people who watch these fights from home, they're like, oh man, he could just push a little harder and he could right. break through. And it's like, no, when that shit hits you, there is just limits that your body has. And if you're not prepared for those, you're not going to perform well. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, along that line, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really easy to look at things. And like you said, be like, oh, why doesn't he just push, push them off, push a little harder. It's like, right. There's two people who both have human physical bodies that are pushing against each other and one doesn't have more tools than the other necessarily one right. person's stopping you from doing that thing that you're trying to do i feel like that's that's a really simple physical equation that that evades people who've never fought or wrestled or anything before yeah they don't they don't realize that there's going to be another person who's doesn't want you to do what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's put that. Yeah, let's put that in kindergarten terms. That guy. <laughs> that guy doesn't but, want you to do that. <laughs> but I want to do it. Well, he doesn't want you to, honey. You can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what else do we have coming up? What other fights? Oh man, a lot, a lot. Um, Barrow's coming back. Uh, he's fighting Luke Sanders. I don't really know Luke Sanders, but uh, it's nice to see Barrow coming back. He's like. There's like 20 fights on on that card. Uh, that's I, the, is that the ESPN card? <clears throat> that is no no no. That's the the one that uh, Velasquez and Ngannou. Oh okay um, okay. Uh, that might uh, be uh, Felder's coming back on that one too. I like Felder. Um, Just a uh, quick note about Burrell. Um, I think we've talked about this before. I despise Henan Burrell. I will yes, never root for him. Yeah. yeah, we have. And I implore all of you out there listening, don't ever root for Henan Burrell. <laughs> That's all I have to say about him. Uh, speaking of fights that I'm not particularly excited about in any one, any way or another, uh, Nick Lentz is coming back. That's a that's a name that I don't really know why I even remember it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, uh, weird, right? Because I remember it too, but I yeah. don't ever really. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's he's kind of he's more he's been in the spotlight ish. He's been in like the peripheral of the spotlight for so long, but he's so just like throwaway as a as a fighter, like yeah i mean not not to shit talk or down talk him or anything i mean he's a he's a ufc level fighter he's a he's the real deal but i just uh i don't have any any real feelings towards him one way or another Wait, uh, this fight is on espn though. yeah i think it is yeah well that's oh. they're they're pushing the espn cards uh wow. um, this is this is a stacked card oh you're looking at it right now all right yeah, so uh, we got uh alex caceres versus cron gracie Oh, Cron Gracie! I I had no. I was one. I was just looking him up the other day, and I was like, mm -hmm. "What the fuck happened to Cron Gracie?" Yeah, he's he's because uh, he took a couple of fights in uh, over in Japan. Mm -hmm. Well, I I haven't really been watching Cron Gracie's fights, so I I can't I can't really say anything. He, I mean, he's I, got, I just pulled up his record. He's got a couple of notable wins. He mm -hmm. uh, tapped out uh, uh, Kawajiri, Tokoro. Those mm -hmm. are the only notable names. But he's got four wins, zero losses. Oh, uh, couple, couple decent ones. Um, I don't know their opponents, but or like, I don't know their opponents very well, but, uh, Miles Jerry's coming back. I like him. I, I like the way he fights. Um, I like him. What, how do you feel about his nickname? What's the his Fury. name? Oh. Mine is the Fury Jury. 
I don't know. I feel like he should do something with like with the fact that his name is Jury. Jury, right? Yeah, like Miles. Like Miles like Jury Judge. Miles Jury Judge and Executioner. Yeah. Like you could do something way cooler. Yeah, you could do something really jury. cool with the name like Jury. Waste uh, an opportunity, Miles Jury. You yeah, you, your manager. Yeah, you need to you need to talk to somebody about that. Uh, Bam Bam Barbarina is uh like I Brian I, Barbarina. Yeah. Um, I like I like him. He's he's an ugly guy. He's got a ugly body, ugly fighting. Ugly style. name. Like, yeah, <laughs> ugly name. Like I like how his name. He sounds like a up and comer that uh, Sylvester Stallone would have fought in Rocky. Right. Like in the first scene of right. the movie. Like here comes Rocky versus he, Brian Barberina. He would have been the guy that like beats him before he starts to do like his his uh, his, his rise. Like before before the. Um, yeah, before for sure. the montage scene, like, yeah. he's the guy that that beats him up in the first scene of the movie. But Brian Barberina, you know, if for some reason he because I remember when he fought Sage Northcutt, and right. a lot of people that's that's what I, yeah, that's I what I remember him from. He he pops into my head a lot because um, I remember when uh, he fought Sage Northcutt and Chael Sonnen was like, Brian Barberina's a bum. And I think Brendan Schaub said the same thing. He called him a bum too. I was like, why all this hate for Barbarina? These guys are just trying to fight, make a living yeah. in the UFC. Fucking everybody just wants to shit on yeah. the boy. Everybody's everybody's hating on him, and then he goes against uh, the fucking the the new golden boy, you know, Sage Northcutt. Everybody's expecting him to just cut through him like a hot knife through butter, and Barbarina just wrecked his welcome. I thought that was really cool. I like that. Brian Barbarina is a classic example of. How? An ugly guy that no one wants to win. Being bodied up will get you some love. Not yeah. just from women, but from men as well. You got men. the look going, men will instantly gravitate and go, man, look at the... Joe Rogan does it all the time. He's yeah. Like, look at the body on this fucking guy. Yeah. No, no, but we, well, there's something impressive about having a really good body, and especially when you when you add that to being a skilled fighter and everything you know it was like yeah there's extra work on this one <laughs> it's yeah. more time to to make it look good all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure uh, but yeah uh yeah terrible just a god-awful body just looks mm -hmm. looks looks like a he needs to start like, like like shavings off of a honey off a honey ham or something just he needs like, to start hitting he needs to hit the peck deck he needs to do some flies mm -hmm. he needs to do some he's got like the, he's got like those turned up nipples like where you know <laughs> i don't like those that's something i cannot i can't get past you got some bad nipples on you you got a pair of pepperonis on you get out of town you i will never be your fan i just i can't i can't root for a guy with nipples like that <laughs> i can't trust a man with bad nipples okay oh man here's one here's one i got like i'm i don't know what to think about this but uh 234 in uh in february the one before this one that we're talking about we got stylebender versus anderson silva mm, that's such yeah. a cool that's such a cool fight i wish that fight happened like 10 years ago though <laughs> yeah um that is a cool fight uh, I, I don't think it could have i think uh adesanya would have been like you know uh, an years old 10 years ago yeah. no <laughs> i know but i mean might like, have been in his father's testicles I, right i mean um i wish anderson silva was 10 years younger let me put it that way yes it yeah, would be uh, fascinating um adesanya like, it's he's super impressive that fight with brunson was very impressive oh, dude. 
He it, yeah. it was like a video game combination. He finished. It was. It was like. What I will say though is that that fight was tailor made for him to be successful. In. Right. For and sure. Prior for sure. To that fight, I don't think he's finished anybody else in the UFC. They've no. all gone the, dis- the distance. I'm pretty sure. He's just an exciting striker. He is exciting. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on him. I really like him. He's probably like one of my favorite fighters in the middleweight division right now. Uh, I'm trying to um, think of what, what I can compare him to. Like um, the the way I'm the, – my expectations for him it reminds me of uh, – what was that? That one, that one guy in uh, K1 back in the day. Uh the really skinny, the really skinny guy who would do like the flying knees all the time, the tall black guy. Um, I remember he fought Bob Sapp one time. Uh, Ernesto Hoost? Not Ernesto Hoost, no. Um, I feel like there was a lot of guys that fit that description. I know, it's, it's kind of a vague description. <laughs> I'm trying to remember his name, but he would do like, I just can't, he had, he had like kind of a weird name, but um, he would do like a lot of flying knees, a lot of like spinning stuff, a lot of uh, like really flashy moves. And he was very exciting to watch, but he also wasn't like the most stable fighter. He wasn't like, right. he didn't have that, that toughness or griminess to him that like a lot of the, the old bets had. And that's what he would get beat on a lot. But when his highlights looked like, oh, this guy's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But then when you'd see him in the actual fights, he would get, uh, he would get over, over pressured and overwhelmed a lot. I can't fucking remember his goddamn name, though. Life of me. You want to hear something that will blow your mind? Uh, in 2017, not that long ago, uh, Israel Adesanya fought Melvin Gillard. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that fucking out there? I saw that fight, too. Um, Gillard actually didn't do as bad as you'd think. Gillard took him down in the first round, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Adesanya just beat the shit out of him and TKO. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but what a random fucking fight that is, huh? That is a really random fight. And where did this take place? Um, I, it was some under. It was some smaller promotion. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. Australia Fighting Championship. Ah, <laughs> the, the illustrious. <laughs> I was gonna Australia say it sounds Fighting Championship. Like how did how did they not go straight from that to UFC by, title contention? Owned <laughs> by the Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> and the the ring car girl is Steve Irwin's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Like they probably it's probably like in a swamp somewhere. They just have a cage. <laughs> people people are in like boats. With alligators. Yeah, there's like alligators and shit floating around. Snakes. They have a they have a guy wrangling the snakes outside of the cage, keeping them that, going in. That sounds like it could happen. I love it. I I would I would fight in that. Um, right. So let's talk about uh the next big one. We got um Cejudo versus Dillashaw. What do you got? Um, tough choice. I go Dillashaw, and not only do I go Dillashaw. I very rarely have favorites that I pick. I really, really hope Dillashaw wins. Okay. Um, Care to elaborate? I'm not a a huge Cejudo fan. Um, Mm -hmm. I can appreciate a Henry Cejudo, obviously, like a former Olympian and, you know, whatnot. But uh, I just like TJ Dillashaw's fighting style. Mm -hmm. I think he's... For, for the lower weight divisions, uh, meaning anything below uh, 145, I think he is the by far the most exciting fighter. 
Like, when was the last time TJ Dillashaw was in a boring fight? Never. Never. And on top of that, he's never in a boring fight. And on top of that, he always fights at a championship caliber level. Right. And I love the storyline of him versus Cody Garbrandt Mm -hmm. because I I really do feel like going in. Obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of um, personal stuff that went into that situation. But I, I kind of felt like going into that situation, Dillashaw was in the right. Like, I think it's his choice. If he wants to leave and go train at another camp and do what he – it's his right. career, you know. You yeah. only have one career. And, hey, if, you, if you're looking at it, clearly he was right. Because if you're looking at it uh, from the other side of the coin, a lot of those guys who stayed at Team Alpha Male didn't really grow that much in well, the fighting. I, I think we've talked about this before and um... – I know, I know I've had this conversation before. I might've been with you, might've been on the podcast, but um, uh, Dwayne Ludwig came in and he took just a, a group of super athletes and turned them into fucking killers. Like he, yeah. like there's no question about that, especially now that yeah. the striking that he brought to team alpha male turned those guys into fucking lethal weapons. And when yeah. he left, they didn't maintain that same that same structure of training. No, sure, they have no. great they have great striking coaches. They're all really good strikers still, but the that explosion that Dwayne Ludwig brought to that team is gone, and yeah, Dillashaw and still has it. Exactly, and it's only improved. Yeah, and if you look at um, if you look at I think I feel like a lot of guys too kind of followed suit and ended up leaving the camp after in. Well, the big thing for me with the the Dillashaw thing, the reason why I think he's right is like he he wasn't like just abandoning the team, going like, all right, this is uh <laughs> this is just not working out. He was going with his coach. He went yeah. like, yeah, the, this he was is doing what's best for him. Yeah. I mean, what like, this is the guy who 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 built me up to where right. I'm at now. This is where I feel like my best improvements coming from. I'm gonna go where this guy's going. Right, and well, and a lot of people have this misconception too that you know you're gonna. They have they have, they have these super gyms like Greg Jackson's and all these other places and and really it's I don't even think it necessarily always comes down to if it's a super gym or whatever the case may be it comes down to the relationship that the fighter has with the coach and sometimes it just jives you know yeah. and it might not even be the best coach but if they know how to motivate the fighter, fighter and they know yeah. to work with that fighter it's just it's magic. Yeah. They found and it. So it that's that's yeah, that's that's a really good point. Is like it's really not necessarily about being in the best place. Uh it, it's about what works best for you as an individual. It's it's a, yeah. it's a chemical reaction. It's yeah, this works best with this and the, and it yields these results. Right. Well, and, and so going into that second fight with Garbrandt, what I liked uh, about Dillashaw on that one as well is I felt like Dillashaw was representing like the thinking man's fighter. Whereas Garbrandt, even though Garbrandt is a really good fighter and he's pretty technical, mm-hmm. he just, I just never liked his like attitude and he just kind of had that right. meathead style approach. I can't handle his fucking neck tattoo. Looks like he's just got like a giant double chin or something. Like I, I can't handle his brows. The brows are a little much for me. <laughs> Um, I can't, just like I can't trust a man with bad nipples, I cannot trust a man who manicures his brows too heavily. Yeah. If too, you got too, a unibrow, it needs to be plucked. Yeah, it's like, a situation that needs to be addressed. I've got a unibrow, I pluck it. Not a bad yeah. unibrow, but I got to do You know, you got to keep, you got to keep the traffic clear on the Yeah, exactly. The but by, by no means am I 
he looks like he's got those freshly waxed. He looks like right. his his uh, eyebrow waxer lives with him. Right. And they do. He they probably, get him done every morning. He probably has his own eyebrow waxer. Like his, he's got like the the little wax kettle, whatever they call that thing, and he just does it himself. Like he he looks like uh, what's the kid's name from the Adams family? Remember that kid? Or the kid from the Munsters? Was it Wolfie? Oh, uh, Eddie, Eddie Munster. And he looks like Eddie Munster, but all Wolfie. tatted up. Just really like, you made a <laughs> I joke. Because, I don't know. But he looks he, like Eddie Munster, but kid, way tatted up. He looks like a tatted up yeah. Eddie Munster. Um, right, so I right. was very happy. Needless to say, I was very happy that Dillashaw won that fight. And on top of that, I don't feel like Cejudo, I don't feel like he beat uh, Demetrius Johnson in their last fight. It was close, but I didn't have him win it. It was, yeah, I, I, I'd have to watch it again. I mean, I, I watched it. I kind of thought, I remember thinking Cejudo pulled it off. I think he just won more time in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would have to watch it again to really make a, make a firm statement there. Um, but I, I definitely didn't think he, like, dominated him or anything. Not, definitely not uh, enough to warrant UFC releasing um mighty mouse yeah and but you know what but look what we got out of it now you get ben asker now i love that trade dude it it brings a whole new exciting kind of angle to mma that you didn't even know existed i didn't know they could even do that prior to trading trading fighters (laughs) yeah i had no Um, fucking clue as soon as when i first read that article i was like okay this is bullshit this can't be true but then it was confirmed by so many sources. And then it was officially confirmed. And I was like, I didn't even fucking know this was a thing. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you must know. You know who Ben Askren's fighting, right? Yeah, Robbie Lawler. Fuck yeah. Robbie Lawler. Now, here's what I, I have I to say, though. I think that's a really interesting fight. I don't know. It is an interesting fight. And it's a super tough matchup for Ben Askren. Yeah, Robbie is. Lawler has awesome takedown defense. I think that if Robbie Lawler, when he was, uh, you know, he was going on his little tear, and uh, when he was going on his little tear, that was right around the time yeah. when GSP made the exit out of the division. Mm-hmm. I think Robbie Lawler would have taken out GSP because I think he would have been stylistically one of the hardest matchups. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at how look at how bad um, look at how bad uh, fucking what's his name big rig was <laughs> yeah johnny hendrix yeah uh, like just just being able to box like that and yeah. uh, and hit that hard and and stop takedowns like that uh i i really see like it, you can even see it when they fought each other um robbie lawler i always felt like he's just like a better version of johnny hendrix like yeah way better absolutely like absolutely uh really similar style just way better um i'm I'm gonna make a bold claim right now and i don't even like that i'm making it because i would like to see uh potential interesting matchups with ben Askren. i think lawler wins that fight okay i really do i i do too like what as soon as i heard it i kind of i'm 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 veering towards lawler but it's still such an interesting matchup it's really hard to say it is. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's the thing I is, know. I kind of like, and not that I like this fighter more, but I kind of just because of the the momentum. 
that each of them would face. Um, I kind of want Askren to win because I, I want, do too. I, I want Askren to keep going forward and see the yeah. matchups he's going to have. I feel like Lawler would survive defeat better. I think Askren would have a harder time dealing with the loss. I, 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 I agree. I think that uh, I 100% agree with I want Askren to win. Like I really don't – because Lawler's been there and done that, you know. Like where – moving forward, if Lawler wins that fight, where do you go from there? You know, maybe you give him a title shot and he rematches Woodley. Or, but – Sure. I, you know, I, I, I don't think happen. I don't think he's that far. I don't think he's that far from the title. What you know? No, I, no. You know, he just and he's well. Yeah. Anytime you're a former champion, especially somebody like him who defended the belt multiple times, you're not. You're a win away from a title shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Walk in there at any point. But um, but I just I just want to see. I'm way more curious about Askren to see if he does win that fight. Okay, where does he go from there? You know, what are they going to do with him? Because him and Woodley trained together. And um, they don't they don't want to fight each other. Okay. So then what? Um, I love the idea of possibly seeing like Askren versus Khabib because yeah. that's, that's they, they they did talk about that like yeah you know. I like that fight. Um, that's an interesting fight because I, there there's a lot of uh, question and speculation <laughs> who's the better wrestler. Yeah. Like, and well, in that now, according all the dudes that are in the know are claiming that uh, Askren is the yeah. better wrestler. That well, well Askren would would dominate him, but Khabib just has something special. Yeah, Khabib's just a dirty, dirty man. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's sort of the it's sort of the word word around the campfire that Askren's just like the best wrestler. Yeah. He just fucking yeah. is. Like, he's as good as it gets with MMA wrestling. He's just a fucking savage wrestler. And he doesn't even, like, look that strong. He just no. looks like a fucking normal guy. <laughs> Have you seen? There's a really good old, like, sparring video online. It's probably, like, maybe five years old, four years old. And it's a video of uh, Tim Kennedy and Askren grappling. Mm. It's really good. I never it's, saw it, no. It's good. It's back and forth and... But it just goes, but because Kim Tim Kennedy is such a fucking animal, like yeah. literally like a human primate. Yeah, um, he's and it's such, pretty, a, it's, such a weird guy. Super right. cool, We're super weird. <laughs> but it's it's super competitive. But uh, but it's interesting to see because Askren is just like this awkwardly built, like not physically. Askren's the type of guy. If you saw him out, you'd be like, I could probably kick that guy's ass. I don't think you know he doesn't look like anything. Yeah. But uh, and Kennedy looks like a genetic freak, and mm. they're grappling in this video, and it's just and he's so much bigger than Askren. I was gonna say Askren's what like a hundred pounds smaller than Tim Kennedy. No, but <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Um, he's like way um, smaller though. What do you think about? We were talking about Woodley for a second. And they're talking about putting together Woodley versus Usman. Um. How do you feel about that? Mm. Woodley, now Usman is claiming that he's signed the contract already. Woodley doesn't want to sign. Woodley once again pulls the race card and says, uh, look at the color of your skin, bro. Like some, something along those lines of like, I don't know. I'm just so over Woodley, dude. Like, I, yeah, I'm kind of like, I, I, Woodley is like, um, I don't know what it is about him. Like, I don't hate him, but I just am like, for some reason, I'm just not that excited about him. Like when, like when Lawler was champion, I was super excited about all the fights. I was super yeah. excited about all the title fights. And um, 
for some reason, I just like, I mean, Woodley's good. He's like, he's a really badass champion. Like he's knocking people out and everything. But I just, for some reason, like, kind of don't give a shit. <laughs> don't, I just really like, don't like, and here's the thing. Here's what bothers me about Woodley is he's got a shit personality. He's yeah. not likable. All he does is complain nonstop. And if Woodley was the hear, yeah. if Woodley was to hear me or anybody else say this, because he's done it a zillion times, he'd go, "Well, I'm that's racist. You just don't like me because I'm black." And what he does that every time. He does it every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, at some point you just have to accept that you've just got a crap personality. People don't like you. Look at yeah. Derek Lewis. People love Derek Lewis. He's Derek fucking Lewis. hilarious. Derek he, Lewis is probably like the most popular fighter. Yeah, he's like the most popular fucking fighter and he made it there based off of personality and he's mm. black and nobody gives a shit because he's funny and he's awesome. Right. Like right, there's right. plenty of fighters. You just have a shit personality. People don't like complainers. There, there, have, been, there have been successful and popular black fighters since the beginning of this sport like and all of, all like of, most of them most of them <laughs> like yeah, all the most like, beloved fighters all my that's, favorite that's why fighters, that's my, why it was so weird whenever i hear the race card thrown around in this sport it's like uh how about how about the disadvantages that white people have <laughs> white genetics yeah seriously uh, i i can't get over that i think i, I, I think be, i, I think be, it's uh, fair to say fighting is the one sport uh, where race doesn't apply at right. all that's the uh, one sport where you color really doesn't matter right you know? uh yeah i mean well fighting is this really interesting fighting is this really interesting sport that um the physics of it are unlike any any other sport out there where it's so dynamic in the way that it's it's uh it's applied that there's almost no such thing as a disadvantage like right. there's an advantage and disadvantage to basically everything. There's an advantage and yeah. a disadvantage to being fat. There's an advantage and disadvantage to being tall. There's an advantage and disadvantage to being short. There's like, there's like that guy who has uh who that that college wrestler from uh, I think he was from like Nebraska or something who has no arms and legs. Oh, and I saw like, that. Yeah. yeah, like that guy. It's pretty obvious that he has a disadvantage not having any arms or legs. But then you like talk to the people who wrestled him and fought him, and they're like, "Well, it's like he's like three weight classes above us because he doesn't have that extra weight, so he's strong as fucking hell." Right. But it's like you know, there it's there is something, there's some give and take to everything, no matter how obvious an advantage seems. You know, so that's. That's why us white people have a chance. <laughs> that guy sounds like he would be an amazing striker. He should make a transition into MMA. And did he, he was he did MMA. Like <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what you're telling like. me. A dude with no arms and legs did MMA. Yeah, I guess you know that he couldn't he couldn't get head kicked because he was always on all fours. But man, yeah, that's something else. Yeah, no, it was a, it was definitely and that that was another thing is like that that was something that um that complicated thing is like, it's really hard to actually hit him because there's no, like, you can't kick him in the head ever. You can't knee him ever. There's right. like all these, all these weapons are gone because of, you know, so that, that's like the really it's interesting. It's kind of like uh, Nick Newell when uh, he would use that, he tapped a lot of dudes with that heel hook and stuff. And they would oh, the guy, that, the guy with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. And they would say that the, he would able, he was able to get a different grip because mm-hmm. he could grab his elbow and, He'd sock people up with that that forearm bone too. Yeah. Like that was like a big thing with him is uh, people would like a lot of people would um, 
say that 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 was like an advantage in striking because he didn't have a fist or a hand. It was just like a solid bone that he was smashing into people. That little nub was an advantage until he fought Justin Gaethje. And uh, it was no longer an advantage. And then that nub became <laughs> a disadvantage. <laughs> that, that, yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, one of those things where, you know, people just always want to, I don't know, over-examine it. And like, it's like, all right, the guy's got half of a fucking arm. There is no advantage to having half of an arm. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I'm just saying like there is give and take, but yeah, like. When, I agree when with you generally. Like that, yeah, when you're talking about things like, like uh, Let me ask you something. If you're going to go fight in the cage, would you rather have half of your arm or not? I think I'd prefer to have both my arms, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. There you go. There's the just cause, Just because I don't think, um, you know, I, I mean, I would rather, once the fight is over, still have both hands. That is... <laughs> yes. I don't yeah. think there's a, there's going back from the having half an arm. That's the problem. No. No. Um, yeah, no, no. My, my, my point generally is just that um, it, it's... Different body types yeah. provide different... Yeah. And they change matchups, too. That's why in MMA right. you can't go off of... Generally, in boxing or in more one-dimensional combat sports like boxing and kickboxing... Uh, wrestling it's easier to kind of predict certain things because you can say you know oh well this guy's tall like a Deontay Wilder you can say this guy's tall so he's gonna have now Wilder doesn't throw a lot of jabs but typically you would say oh he can yeah. use it loose and he could throw some jabs and right. be effective with that and MMA you can't really do that as much because there's just way more variables and mm -hmm. just what you can't predict matchups because what works for against one dude in one fight could be the complete opposite yeah. in another fight, you know? So. Just, yeah, there's like you said, there's so many variables, like anything can fucking happen. It's like, Oh yeah. Uh, this, um, this short guy has the advantage on the inside. So he comes in and he, he can land a lot of shots, but that tall guy might just elbow him in the fucking face or pull guard or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, there's so much that can happen. Mm -hmm. in in any space it just really depends on what you're good at and how you know how to use your weapons that's one of the things i love so much about this sport is that there is no limit to who can beat who and how because there's so many ways to win and it's really yeah. about your own understanding of your body your chemistry with with yourself and how do you mm -hmm. how to use your weapons what you're good at right Speaking of uh, that fight, did you end up, it's been a long time since then, but did you uh, watch the Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury fight? No, no, I still haven't, like, um, I haven't gotten around to it. I need, it, to, it, I need to look it, it up. But. It probably wouldn't be as impressive now that you know the outcome and everything, but watching it live, it was pretty goddamn shocking. Yeah, the, the knockdown at the end. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, or... It's like, did you see all the memes they did where they, they made him look like The Undertaker from WWE? Like, <laughs> that up? It's literally what it was like. He was out. Yeah, he I heard was he was like... Feeling, like I, heard, I heard Wilder talking about her. He was like, he was like, oh, it was some gypsy magic. Dude, it looked like it because he sat up at 10, just like, boom, boom. and he was up. It's like, fuck. Um, that was a good fight, though. I recommend checking it out can you can you still hear me I lost my audio I lost my audio 
All right, well, we're back online. I don't know what the hell just happened there, but Zoom is trying to sabotage our, our discussion here. The MMA gods cursed us for talking in any way negatively about Brian Barberina. <laughs> well, we didn't, we didn't, we were, we were defending Brian Barberina. <laughs> I did make some, we did make some off-color comments about his nipples. It's true. Uh, I'd like to apologize for. Yeah, uh, Brian, if you're listening to this, which you're definitely not, uh, <laughs> I apologize yeah, he's, he's for even acknowledging that you may be. He uh, doesn't have more important things to do. No, no. He's certainly not at the fucking gym. So <laughs> 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 but I apologize for acknowledging that you even have nipples. That was none of my business. Um, so where were we at? Do you remember w w what we were talking about when uh, we got cut off? No. Um, Good, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't. Uh, we were doing. We were talking about some uh, some stuff involving advantages, disadvantages, racism. Oh yeah, Advanta uh, di advantages to different body types. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the fact that people pull the race card and something that is completely like non race related in in this sport. I remember um, when uh, when Anthony Johnson fought Kevin Burns way back in the day when he uh, when he beat him. Yeah, he got he, uh, like, he, he got, got up and he was like from the first one. Yeah. He got up and he's like, "Oh yeah, y'all don't like that, dude. Huh? You don't like to see a brother up here winning." It's like, what? <laughs> 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 where did that anything? come from? Yeah, it's like, where the um, hell did that come from? I like Anthony Johnson a lot. Like I'm, I do too. He's yeah. he's. Man, I, I every time that dude fought, I was stoked. Yeah, dude. Whoa. Even even before he like really, even before he went up in weight and just uh, embraced the fact that he's big and he hits like a fucking truck, uh, he was still exciting when he was all like skinny, sucked up. Anthony Johnson. Yeah, he he might. Uh, I you know I think if you really think about it, out of any light heavyweight, even though he's not currently competing, if he was. He might have the best chance of beating John Jones. Sure, yeah, because he's uh, the only one with that fucking scary, scary one-punch knockout power. Well, he—he's the one who um, I think really fucked up Gustafson because I—I I, like, oh yeah, because I—I uh, I thought Gustafson after that John Jones fight, he was just like he—he—he he, he just looked like oh man, I'm on top of the world, ain't nobody gonna stop me. Then he fought John yeah. Jones, or then he fought a. Uh, Anthony Johnson and he got his head knocked out of his asshole and like it was just ass up on the canvas like yeah I, I think and, he probably realized that was one of those fights where he was beaten so soundly and so dominantly mm -hmm. that he was probably like fuck I can fight <laughs> this dude 10 times I'm never gonna beat him. yeah yeah was, he just got fucking smeared and but that's what Anthony Johnson does to people yeah it, he's oh, a that's why it's all the more impressive that DC managed to beat him twice. Yeah. And in that first fight, he got fucking – that punch that Johnson hit him with. Yeah, right in the beginning, he was like – Yeah. Oh, it was such a powerful no. punch. <laughs> it was so powerful that he made him, like, do a fucking cartwheel. Yeah. Like, just the force of the punch blew mm -hmm. him back. Yeah, it was like – was like the wind of the punch. It was like – Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Johnson, he's like a real-life – fucking street fighter character yeah he's just tremendous like he um and that's a guy who he doesn't love fighting 
No. You know, that, that's the thing with him is like he fought cause he was good at it. Like he, he, like he talks about it openly. He's like, I don't fucking like doing this. I don't, I don't love this sport. I, and can you just imagine if like his heart was in it? If like, I know, right. Had those, yeah. the, those gifts and, and right. if he like wanted to do it. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of uh, guys who don't like fighting, what's going on with the Diaz brother? I was going to say, Nick Diaz. <laughs> Clearly, do not like fighting. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. They, they, they also have said that before. Like, this isn't shit that we do, you know, for fun. This, you know, but I, I was listening to Michael Bisping the other day, and he was talking about the Diaz brothers, and he said, he said, you know, I hope this isn't one of those situations where Nate Diaz wakes up one day and he's forty, and he's like, "Fuck, I wish I would have taken more fights." Right. Because <laughs> the Diaz brothers are a lot of things, uh, but. I don't know them personally, but I would venture to guess that they're not particularly financially responsible. They don't, they don't seem that way. <laughs> they could be. Maybe they have a really good uh, accountant or something. Like, yeah, it's possible. Um, I, but, wouldn't, I wouldn't venture to guess that, that they were financially responsible, though. Yeah, and it would be really like a bummer if because they're just missing out on some. One good thing, one good point, though, is that. Outside of fighting Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz has never been in a big fight. Mm-hmm. He's never sold any pay-per-views without Conor. So I would be curious. I don't doubt that he could, but I would be serious, curious to see how a returning Nate Diaz pay-per-view would do, how that would sell. Both the Diaz brothers are definitely some of my favorite fighters. Like They, they have just awesome, exciting fights. Their, their skill level is, is massive. It's just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about their 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 promotional abilities. Like they 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 don't play that game in that sense. Like Nick Diaz half the time doesn't even show up to the press conferences. Yeah, well, and that's part of it, in an odd way though. That's kind of part of their promotion. Mm-hmm. It's part it's of their mystique. Showing up to the promotion is a part of their promotion. Yeah. But I am kind of on the other side. Not on the other side of the fence. I agree with you that they are massively skilled. But the Diaz brothers, they're the type of fighters who are, they're like their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think either one of the Diaz brothers would ever be a champion in the UFC in their weight class. Right. But what I do think is that given the right matchup and the right scenario, they put on really exciting fights. Mm-hmm. Um, the bottom line is they just don't do well against pressure fighters. Sure, because they're not... Um they're not super physical or athletic. I mean, they are extremely athletic in their own way, like endurance wise and and output wise, but they're, they're not like, they're not super strong. They're not super explosive. Like a lot of the guys that compete with, but they also are so good in their own ways that they, a lot of times shut those guys down. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on what would happen here, but I would love to see a matured, a matured rematch between Lawler and, and Nick Diaz. How fucking cool would that be to see that again? That would be cool. That, and that would, that would be a fight that would make sense for Nick to come back to. Yeah. Um, speaking of the Diaz brothers, it makes me circle back to a guy we've talked about before and we coined the term, he's an upgraded Diaz brother. And we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Um, oh, that, that's what we were talking about before we got out. Yeah, that's what we were talking about before we cut out. I was just saying, like, yeah, that was a couple. That was a couple of weeks ago, but 
Good uh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, Man, Max Holloway. If you're not a fan of that guy, you suck. You yeah. should not. <laughs> you should um, not. And, and, Credit credit to Ortega. He made it a fight, man. Like he he kept in there. He he when he was broken and battered, he just was like, uh, all right, fuck it, I'll swing back. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, just the uh, he's just fucking he got the shit beat out of him. Dude, the, he the, did have some moments where he yeah. landed some shots, but fucking Max Holloway is an absolute master of absorbing strikes. Mm-hmm. Nobody and, does that better than him. His distancing is just out of control. Is Timing, dis- yeah. yeah. Max Holloway is a classic example of what you can do with like a genius level fight IQ. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, Max Holloway is a genius level fighter. Yeah, it, it is. It is tremendous. Like the amount of output that he put on uh, Ortega. Like, what did he hit him with? Like six hundred strikes in the fight. <laughs> like crazy. And yeah, it's just, just so- a yeah. yeah. He's so comfortable. Yeah. He just knows the way he gauges distance and the way he could get just out of the way of your punch. Even if you still connect, he moves his head in a way where he absorbs enough of it, mm. just enough of it, to make you think that you've maybe got a solid shot in, but you could clearly see and that then he, he just tags you know back three times. Yeah. And he comes right back. He knows exactly when to counter. That guy is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, and he's, he's still so young. He's not even 30. Like he's yeah. like 28 or 27. Yeah, his in and out, his footwork, his distancing, it's all, it's masterful. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. But yeah, he just. God, yeah, he's he, only 27 years old. And that guy fights like somebody, he, he's got a better fight IQ than guys who have been doing it for twice as long as him. Yeah. It's just, it's really remarkable. Yeah, what a, what a tremendous, tremendous fight. That was just, um, God, he, he, he he fucking beat him into a fucking putty, man. It was like, there, yeah. there was just a gooey mess that was Brian Ortega's face left yep. over. And it, uh, you know, another thing that was interesting about that card is the fact that you had uh, Shevchenko versus Georgetsky on the undercard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Shevchenko won. Shevchenko, to me, just looked like she was just too physical. She was Yohanna. big, man. She was yeah. really big. That was it an was... exciting fight, though. I, I yeah. saw a lot of heart out of uh, out of uh, out of uh, Joanna in that fight. Yeah, Joanna looked good. She was just they were to me. They were both pretty similarly technical. It was just you just have the bigger version and the smaller version, mm-hmm. and if they're both equally skilled, the bigger version is going to win. She's right. Just all, all things. All, all things, uh, all things equal, size matters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you're talking about penis size, because uh, <laughs> I can tell you, I've got a tiny dick, and I make that thing. It's it's all about it's all about use. <laughs> that point, you know, it's a, what you can do with it is is the point. Um, but what's interesting about that fight is it sets up a potential trilogy. Super, super duper fight because you have Amanda Nunes who just beat Cyborg to unify that 135, 145 weight class. And then you have Shevchenko who just beat Georgetsky, who's the former 125 pound champ. So it kind of sets up like this because they've already had two competitive fights. And that second fight, that's one fight, Shevchenko versus uh, Nunes when they fought the second time. That was pretty damn close. I almost thought when it was over, I was thinking that Shevchenko might have won it. Mm-hmm. 
God, these so, are just fucking names, man. If Shevchenko, I know, right? How the fuck do I don't hey, What know. did you call her? Drajetsky? That's <laughs> 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 not her name. Like the New York Jetsky? Uh, George so Jetson. That's her name. If, if you get if you get Shevchenko, who's the newly crowned 125 champion, if she goes on a nice little win streak and solidifies herself mm. in that weight class, maybe like two years down the road, you could maybe have a super fight there between mm. Amanda Nunes, the 135 pound champ, and uh, Shevchenko, the 125 pounder. Yeah, these are these are you know, a ways down the road, but these are things that are getting staged up. I just want people to know if it happens, who they heard it from first. That's right. Give credit where credit is due. The back, the back brought the news. <laughs> Guess what? Um, back, the back knows before you yeah, do. None of this will probably happen, uh, but it's an interesting scenario. I think, no, I think, I think that's, uh, I think it's more or less bound to happen. I think, uh, this is this is just the eventuality. Like, well, if a fight looks interesting, sooner or later, it's got to happen. Um, so when you, it's just the reason I say that is when you look at both of those divisions, there's not like a whole lot of competition for either one of them. Of mm-hmm. them. And UFC has really got their dick hard for putting on these big super fights right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, right. it's but, but that's what's selling tickets. That's what's getting fucking asses and seats and pay per view buys is is these super fights, these fights that are interesting. And that's why as a fan, I, I do enjoy it because there was a long time where when you were a UFC fan, uh, you would, you would think of these super fights and you're like, yeah, that'll never happen. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what I mean, it just never, they never did them. They never cross weight classes. This, you never yeah. have a first chance. Well, this is the, um, this is like the, the culmination uh, in a serious way of what kind of came from those like circus fights that were happening, like yeah. introducing professional wrestlers into into it. And like, we're going to have boxers fight MMA fighters and do like shit like that. And, I, then, I, and that stuff all sort of became like that really quickly became antiquated because it didn't make any sense. And a lot of the times just whoever was doing whoever's sport like if an mma fighter fought a boxer in a boxing match the mma fighter usually lost and then if the boxer fought the mma fighter in an mma fight the the mma fighter won well that became pretty obvious but now let's start looking at things like well we can have these super fights with fighters and that'll get people's attention there is there's drawbacks to there's drawbacks to both but i would say i i like the old way of the systems too because with the old way they used to do it is they basically had like a waiting line and whoever was the number one contender and truly was the most deserving would typically get the title shot, which was nice because you genuinely got to see the best two fighters in the world right. going at it every it's time. It's fair. It's fair. It was, it was a it's fair way to do it. Like a sport. Yeah. And it treated it more like a sport. However, the way they're doing it now is undeniably funner. You get funner <laughs> matchups more frequently. Yeah. And, I and think. The- I mean, as far as like benefiting the sport, the more fun it is, the more exciting it is, the more uh, the more money is going to go into it, and that just benefits everyone involved. Um, right. It allows the allows the game to keep going. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see what else do we got going on in the fights. Let's see what my notes my notes are telling me. Uh, Whitaker and Gasolum, of course. Um, You're gonna think I'm crazy. Gastelum has already lost that fight. 
<laughs> why do you? Why He's already lost. Crazy? What do you? What do you mean? He has already lost, and I will tell you why. Because I watched the last season of The Ultimate Fighter, and during that last season of The Ultimate Fighter, they had a coach's challenge. During the coach's challenge, in like a hundred plus degree weather in Las Vegas, Whitaker and Gastelum had to compete in a five k race to earn their team money. Okay. Whitaker, Whitaker crushed him, smoked him. Gasoline was throwing up by the end of it. Now I know what you're thinking. Hey, that's not a fight. Who cares? That doesn't mean shit. Look how look how fat gasoline is. It was a subtle. <laughs> it was a subtle. It was a psycho. It was the first of many. It was a psychological battle, and Whitaker won it. And mark my words, you could bet the fucking house. It was house a cardiovascular on. battle. It was a cardiovascular battle. Uh, also, also true. Which. Um, which in, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, you could kind of, um, predict a lot of things about the fight in that regard. Well, you could definitely but, say who's going to gas first. Yes. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, bet the house on it. Gastelum will not win that fight. It's a hundred percent certainty. I just, it's one of those moments you, sometimes you just have those moments where you see the buildup to a fight and you see certain things happen and you go, that dude's done psychologically. Yeah. He's broken. For some reason, when but I like, watch that, I, I also I never feel like Kevin Gaslam is going to win. I just look at him, and I'm like, eh. But he <laughs> overcomes he the odds. Yeah, he pulls <laughs> it off. Like um, every time I get that exact same sentiment every time I even look at Kevin. All Gaslam. I'm trying to say is, with like this that guy's going to lose his next fight. Even when he doesn't have a fight coming up, I just look at him I'm like, whenever he has a fight, he's going to lose. <laughs> all I'm trying to say is, with this one, if I'm if I'm Robert De Niro in Casino, who's like the betting master, and he. You know, they, they say... Are you saying you've got some inside info? No, I'm not saying you that. You are talking about this on air. You talk, to, you talk about this what with I'm me. Saying like, if dude. I'm Robert De Niro and I'm betting on this fight, Kelvin Gastelum is going to lose. Kelvin? going to lose. You're dead. You're dead, Kelvin. <laughs> Kelvin, I hate to tell you, but you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this is... Uh, I mean, that's an interesting fight. I think uh, Kelvin's a... Kelvin, Kelvin's a good active fighter, so I'm I'm interested to see what um what Whitaker does with him. But I, I I don't see him having a lot of I don't see him bringing anything to the table that uh, Whitaker can't handle. Um, no, he doesn't have especially after that Yo Romero fight. Like yeah, Whitaker's he, been through some fucking fire. So he he doesn't have a uh, Gastelum is not as good of a striker, not as sharp. Kind of similar in some ways to Whitaker in the sense that they're both kind of moving in and out and they're they're kind of they're pretty fast and uh, mm -hmm. but he just Whitaker is just pretty much better all around in my right opinion. pretty much everywhere. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with Romero next. I haven't really heard he was supposed to fight um, that dude we were talking about before, Paulo Costa, the eraser, mm -hmm. the guy who looks like the Hulk. But right. uh, that, that fight got canceled because one of them got injured. So I don't know if they're going to move forward with that and, and do that or not. But Yeah, like uh, I can't imagine uh, Paulo Costa getting getting injured. Like what would it be like his second or third bicep tear? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Be like how many, how many layers of muscle do you have to get through on that guy to actually like damage something? <laughs> 
He's got an impenetrable wall of muscle. He, he um, looks like uh, he he doesn't look like the Hulk. He looks like the uh, Hulkbuster armor that um, he does. Like <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, in one fight that they had been, I had heard rumored for a while um, that I would fucking love to see is Paulo Costa versus Israel Adesanya. Dude, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I think it's not a good idea from a business I mean, standpoint. I think you should build both of those dudes up yeah. separately, and we'll, that that's realistically that's a fight that should happen two years from now. You're right, but I think uh, I think Costa would just like crush him. I think Costa would be too physical. I think. See, I agree. I think so too. I think Costa would be way too physical. Because Costa's time. fast too. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not like he's gonna get overwhelmed at the speed of uh, of Stylebender. No. He's fast. That, that's fast. why Costa. To, to me, I hope they do end up making that Costa versus Romero fight. Mm-hmm. That's the fight to make because that's one guy who could match Romero's physicality. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously, he can't match his wrestling pedigree, but physically. Um, he's on par with Romero. Yeah, Probably the only f- dude in that division. That guy's a freak. He looks like he's carved out of wood. It looks like you like you touch him and it would be like a... <laughs> yeah. He looks like he walks around and uh, his dong is permanently hard. Never... <laughs> <laughs> There's no part of that guy that's soft, okay? No, <laughs> At any point. Soft anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Oh, man. That's so ridiculous. Uh, I think we got to start uh, wrapping this up soon. Um, but so uh, we're talking about you and me. Slow marathon, April. So crazy idea here, guys. Um, I don't know if it's even possible. I don't. You would yeah. know much more better than I. And I was talking with Ariana about it and I told her and she's like, yeah, that's really funny. But it also sounds like it has potential to be disastrous. Right. <laughs> so yeah, we were, here's the idea nobody even knows what we're talking yeah. about so the idea i floated this uh we were talking the other day because keith's been running a lot lately and i'm going to start running soon to prepare for the the san Luis marathon again and uh floated the idea of recording a live podcast as we run this marathon um but then I remembered how miserable the marathon runs the run was last year when right, i didn't right. have to talk the whole time uh i i just don't know how that would work well one of the the biggest logistic issues that i'm i'm worried about like so we would have to do it probably um we'd we'd be we'd have like bluetooth earbuds in that have the the voice or that have the uh, microphone in it so we could talk into them so the recording quality wouldn't be as good as we have on our regular microphones already mm-hmm. also we would have the wind blowing while we're running yeah so that, that be, was the thing i was thinking be a lot of uh yeah there would be a lot of uh um of wind feedback so that would potentially we'd be talking the whole time you'd barely be able to hear us we'd be breathing heavy the whole time so there's a lot of there's a lot of logistic issues that we have to work through and also being keep yeah keeping up conversation while we're running a fucking marathon would be pretty tremendous the the idea i feel like is uncharted territory it could be really cool um that's that's probably be an awful podcast (laughs) well that's the thing that i like about it is the fact that it's uh it's a new idea it's it's something and it's a challenge too uh the idea is that um you and i would have to prepare so well for this marathon that when we actually get into it 
we would be in good enough shape not only to do a marathon but to spend that you know however many hours that we're doing that for uh talking and conversing <laughs> i think what would happen is we would probably have to talk in shifts sure <laughs> like, you would just go on a stream of consciousness for 20 minutes then it's my turn then it's yeah. your turn well we can uh, we can we can talk about it we can plan it out we can um we can do little um training runs too we uh do shorter shorter training runs and you know call each other and try to yeah. communicate while we're doing it yeah um, that might be uh that might be yeah that might not be a bad idea so we have uh we have a couple months to get ready for sure uh so in that time, I think we should, um, I mean, obviously we're going to be recording podcasts between now and then, uh, we'll definitely track our, our improvement, where we're going with that, what our plans are for it. Um, if we actually intend to go forward or not, well, that'll evolve as time goes on. Uh, yeah. let's, let's do some, uh, like whenever we're, whenever we're in the same city, you come, come visit out here. I'll take you out on my run. I got to really, I, I will be there. Um, I'm going to Beverly Hills well, that for a is Pilates a, certification. That's that's um, the that's the worst thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> that'll be February first, I think. Okay. Uh, so I will be up there soon. So, cool. Yeah, we can uh, yeah, well, when you're in the area, let's. Uh, I'll take you out. I got a good. Uh, I got a good nine mile, nine mile even uh, track. It's um, it's just this. It's this trail. We uh, run it out past this. Uh, it's four and a half miles in to get to this, uh, this waterfall. That's the marker. And okay. Four and a half miles back. It's a straight nine miles. So perfect. See where we're at with that. See how we, we do talking <laughs> trying to keep the energy yeah. up. And what, what I uh, figured is even if we get to a point where we realize, okay, there's no way we can do a full blown talking podcast while running mm -hmm. a full marathon, we could at least maybe do like a pre and post. Right marathon potty or something oh, along those lines 100 percent, 100 percent. we'll definitely be doing that either way i think uh yeah. i think we would definitely um regardless of what decision we come to for for recording during the marathon we're definitely going to do one before and we're definitely going to do one after so yeah uh that it's it's the really to me the decision looks like it's either are we going to do two podcasts or three in that span so. yeah <laughs> yes agreed um and otherwise uh, I think that about covers it. All right, everybody, uh, come check out the new um, Back and Bone Facebook page, uh, Instagram. Yes. Um, and yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be isolating the Back and Bone from our personal pages now, so that we gotta we gotta officiated properly. And we will moving forward. We will be doing um, shows specific for MMA and entertainment and whatever else. So. For those of you guys out there who are a little, uh, you know, you'll you'll know what you're getting going into yeah. it. Basically. You know, shorter shorter sessions too. So you're not going into a three hour podcast or three or four hour podcast. It's just all over the place. It's really more more uh, content specific. Indeed. All right. So welcome back, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.